Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church this morning. Thanks for coming out, especially if you're new, if you're checking us out for the first time. A very special welcome. You're coming at a great time because we are wrapping up our message series called The Messy Middle, and you get to see me. If you were with us last week, Pastor Bert talked about our mindset. What's our mindset when we're going through difficult times? Because painful situations can bring us to a crossroads that could either bring us closer to God or take us further away. And it's not unusual to just want to avoid things. Like, have you ever been in a situation, maybe Super Bowl Sunday, you're going over someone's house for a party, and you knew someone was going to be there you didn't get along with? Remember how that made you feel? You pull up to the house, you see the car, you get that feeling in your stomach because you know you're going to have to avoid this person all night long. Because avoiding things that we don't like It's human nature, right? We see it all the time in kids. Kids, for whatever reason, they don't like vegetables. So what do they do? They don't eat vegetables. And as we get older, hopefully it becomes not vegetables anymore, but it might be people, it could be places, it could even be things. Like for me, I gave this some thought, it's roller coasters. I don't like roller coasters. I'm more of a a bumper car kind of guy. My wife? She's all about the roller coaster, but me, I'm bumper cars. And I just don't like them, so I avoid them. When I go to the amusement parks, I just don't ride the bumper cars. And P.S., I mean, don't ride the the roller coaster. P.S., if you ever run into me at Great Adventure and you kind of see me standing by myself, don't worry, I'm not alone. I'm just waiting for my wife to get off the roller coaster because that's the way we roll. And by the way, just on another note, after the first service, somebody asked me, you literally don't ride bumper cars? And I said, at my age, I don't ride bumper cars. I was just making a point. And most of the time when we avoid things, like me avoiding the roller coaster, it's not really going to hurt me. It's not going to hurt us. But there are times that if we avoid stuff just because we don't like it, it can hurt you. And the thing that comes to mind right away are doctors. If you ask most people why they don't go to the doctor, you know what they say? I don't like to. But we know if you don't go to a doctor on a regular basis, it could be real harmful to your health. And the Bible is exactly the same way. If you've read the Bible before, there are probably verses in the Bible that you don't particularly like. And maybe you want to avoid those verses. And we're going to look at one of those verses today But before we do, I have to ask this question. What do you do when something's going on in your life or something's going on to the people that you love and there's nothing you can do about it? In other words, it is what it is. But you don't like what it is. Like, does anyone really like what's going on with COVID? Of course not. 
The last two years, we've all been affected. And maybe you've been affected personally. Maybe you were sick. Maybe you knew someone that was sick. Maybe you were in school and your graduation got canceled. Maybe you lost your job. You lost your income. Maybe last year was the year you were going to retire, and now you have to put that off. See, going through these things that we go through in life is part of what we call this messy middle. And all you hear about on TV is we got to get back to normal. But most of us don't even know what that word normal means anymore. Like virtual school, remote jobs, that's normal today. And look, I love my kids. We all love our kids. Thankfully, my kids are adults. But if I had to be working at home the last two years on and off and teaching my kids, let's just say things wouldn't go well. Trust me, if I was home teaching my kids, things would not be good. And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can't. But maybe you can relate to things aren't going good. Maybe things in your life are way more serious than what I'm talking about. And you know, when things are difficult, we can always turn to the Bible. We can turn to the Bible for guidance. We can turn to the Bible for wisdom. And if you did that, you probably came across this verse. Now, we did a series of messages back in the fall, and this one impacted me the most, so we're going to revisit it today. This is James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. The message version says, consider it a gift. Consider it a sheer gift when you go through trouble. Anyone like that verse? That verse can come off a little bit insensitive, and I'll tell you why. Because James, the author, he doesn't know you. He doesn't know me. How could we take this blanket advice when he doesn't even know what's going on in our lives? It's like, have you ever had someone you don't know or you just met that wants to give you life advice? Like you just meet them and they want to tell you how to live your, live your life. And if that hasn't happened to you, by the way, maybe today's going to be a lucky day. But when that happens, it's a little insulting. It's kind of like reading in the New Testament when Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. And in your mind, you're thinking, don't worry about tomorrow. Do you know what's going on in my life right now? I have a major medical thing tomorrow. It's hard not to be worried about tomorrow. But regardless of how much we may not like that verse, we would be fools not to take his advice. And here's why. This is James, the brother of Jesus. This is James, the brother of Jesus, who saw his brother crucified and then saw his brother raised from the dead. This is James 
who led the first century church in Jerusalem for almost 30 years. He knew something about personal struggle. See, when he was leading the first century church, things were not good. The church in Jerusalem was primarily Jewish people. And they left the temples. And because of that, they became outcasts. They were poor. They were living in extreme poverty. And because of that, times were tough. They struggled. Things were so bad, in fact, the Apostle Paul would travel around all of the Mediterranean and he would collect money from other followers and he would send it back just to help out James's church. So for 30 years, you could say James was living with a community that was in major crisis. And with all that going on, he took time to tell his church what to do and he takes time to tell you and me exactly what to do. He says, consider it joy when you go through trials. Now maybe you're sitting here today and you're 28 and you're living at home still and you're saying, troubles? What troubles do I have? I still live at home. But James doesn't say if trials come. He says whenever trials come. Trials are going to come in our lives. And when they do, here's what we're to do. We're to rethink about what's going on in our lives in such a way that we can start to see it as a source of joy. And I know that sounds way out in left field. How could something painful in our lives be a source of joy? But James knows something that we don't know. See, when we're in the middle of life struggles, when we're in the middle of something traumatic, it's very easy to lose focus. But when we get an opportunity to take a step back, when you catch your breath, when you can start to see beyond your situation, here's what he tells us we're going to discover. This is verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And if you've come to church before, if you've read the Bible, you've gone through that verse. But we need to really break down what's, what's happening here. What is this testing that he's talking about? You know, if you were in the market, let's say, for a diamond engagement ring, right? And by the way, fellas, they say it should be three months' worth of salary on an engagement ring. So if you were going to go spend that kind of money... Wouldn't you want to make sure that that ring was real? Wouldn't you want that ring tested to make sure that it was authentic, that that diamond was real? See, this testing is a process to determine whether something is real. That trial that you go through, that storm that you're in, is testing whether your faith is real. Because when your back is against the wall and you feel like you may not have any hope, you discover something about your faith. You discover right then in that moment 
what you really believe. To put it another way, when you feel like your world is crumbling, any weak faith crumbles right along with it. And James is telling us whether we like it or not, there's a joy in discovering how real your faith is. There's a joy that even though you would not sign up for that trial, even though you wouldn't want that on any of your loved ones, you're finding out something about yourself. You're finding something out about your spouse, your children, that you couldn't find out any other way. And there's a joy in making that discovery. See, the tough times that we're all going to go through, they do two things. They demonstrate something, and it produces something. It demonstrates whether or not your faith is real, and it's going to produce perseverance. And maybe you've heard that word, athletes say it all the time, and we think perseverance means winning. But it's not. The perseverance that James is talking about is the ability to go under pressure, the ability to handle extreme stress and never, ever waver in your faith. That's perseverance. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a series here, and uh, we talked about the life of a man named Joseph. And if you weren't here that week, or those weeks, I encourage you to listen to Pastor Bobby and Kathleen. They did a great job. But Joseph was the youngest son of his father, and he was one of 12 boys. And he was the favorite son of his father, which made his brothers very jealous. And that kind of got me thinking a little bit about life on a side note. Doesn't every kid think the youngest is the favorite Maybe it came from this story. But anyway, Joseph's brothers were very jealous. And they plotted to kill him. But they got a change of heart, and they said, instead of doing that, let's just sell him off into slavery. And they did. They sold him, and he became a slave to the Pharaoh of Egypt. And if that wasn't bad enough, he was accused of a crime he didn't commit. He was put in prison. And later, Pharaoh realized that Joseph had this ability to interpret dreams, and he would be way more valuable being his second in command. And that's exactly what happened. So Joseph went from slave to second in command. About 20 years later, a great famine came to the land, and Joseph, because of his position, was able to save his whole family. Now, here's the point of this story. The things that Joseph went through were terrible. Betrayed by his brothers, sold off into slavery, accused of a crime he didn't commit, put in prison. But God uses those experiences. God takes those experiences and uses them. Joseph doesn't win he doesn't escape from slavery. He doesn't break out of jail. 
He endures. He perseveres. And God eventually used everything that happened in his life to save his family. And maybe you walked into church today for the first time and you're thinking, why would God allow that kind of stuff to happen? It's because that's what God is choosing to use in your life. And it's easy to prove. Because this morning, what are you praying about? What's got you praying this morning? Because whatever you're praying about has got your undivided attention. Whatever you're praying about has got you back connecting to God. Or maybe you haven't prayed in a long time, but now you're praying again. Maybe you haven't been to church in a long time, and now you're back in church connecting to God. See, whatever you're going through right now is the very thing that God has chosen to use to strengthen your faith. And I know that someone here today is going through real struggle. I know someone watching from home is going through something serious. But there is hope. If you're exhausted from fighting, there is hope. And if you can't see it in the life of Joseph, look around for hope. Have you ever met someone or known someone who went through a significant trial? Like the kind of trial you would say to yourself, how would I respond? Like the kind of trial you pray you never have to go through. And then you watch them walk through this trial with unbelievable faith in God. Ever known anyone like that? I knew someone like that. I had a friend like that. His name was Rob. We have a picture of Rob. Rob passed away almost a year ago, and he might look familiar. Rob served here at the church for many, many years as an usher. He probably showed you where to sit. And I met Rob and I met his wife here at True North. We met in community. My wife and I were hosting a community group at the house. I met Rob and his wife and we instantly connected. Not only because of our love for God, we had a very similar sense of humor. We had the same kind of sarcasm, both like sports, amongst a whole other things in common. And over the years, I got to see Rob's faith in action. You know, one year, Rob and I decided we were gonna go to the men's weekend, and at the time, the men's weekend was up in Pennsylvania. This is going back to probably 2012. So we decided we were going to drive up together and we were going to room together and we had a great 
weekend together. And I found out that weekend how much Rob loved to read his Bible. He loved, he could never put it down. And one morning, I got up and Rob was already up and he was sitting at the edge of the bed and he had his electric razor, he shaved with an electric razor and he was shaving with his razor in this hand and in this hand, he was reading his Bible. That's how faithful he was. And I gotta tell you, I had never seen anyone face their own health crisis with more confidence, more courage, more faith than my friend Rob. You know, when Rob was diagnosed with cancer, there were highs and lows. And I remember after the first surgery, we all got great news. They had removed the cancer, and we were all praising God, and I talked to Rob about it, and as Rob spoke to me about it, he was right there praising God too. But a few months later, the diagnosis turned worse again. As we found out, the cancer had spread. And I talked to Rob on a couple of different occasions, and I spoke to him here at church, and he continued to praise God. A few days before Rob passed, it was his birthday. And I wrote him a note, along with some of his other friends here at the church. And I thought about what to write. And I wrote, he was loved, and he was faithful. Because he was. I didn't get to see Rob before he passed, but Pastor Bert did, and I had an opportunity to talk to him about it. And Pastor Bert said the day he went to see him, Rob was weak, couldn't really say much, but he wanted to say something. And Pastor Bert leaned in, and Rob whispered, God is good. God is good. See, we don't get to choose the struggle. We don't get to choose the trial that we get. Rob didn't get to choose his trial. We only get to choose how we respond to that trial. And I'm sharing this story this morning about my friend Rob because it's the people in life whose prayers look like they're getting unanswered, but their faith remains strong in God, who change our lives. They teach us that with a strong confidence in God, we can endure anything. When you leave this morning, I'd like you to remember that whatever storm you're in right now, Whatever storm may be coming, physical, emotional, financial, whatever it is, you're not alone. God is with you. God is faithful in his promises to you. 
Just stay confident in him. Because how you respond to your trial will not only define your faith, it will strengthen it too. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we thank you for the words from James. Father, give us an opportunity to catch our breath. When we're in struggle, give us an opportunity to take a step back to see what you're using in our life to strengthen our faith. Father, thank you for my friend Rob and the difference he made in my life as I watched him persevere. Lord, thank you for giving me an example that when we have strong faith in you, we can endure anything. I pray this morning that each and every one of us would have an example of that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.